The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, have you ever heard of an American NFL footballing legend called Corny? Well, neither had I until I heard a new podcast about Corny. It's subtitled The Last Irishman in the NFL. It's available on Go Loud. And let's hear a clip. Neil O'Donoghue, on whose shoulders it looks like the pressure will ultimately fall, is from Ireland. He went to school in Auburn. He's been in the NFL eight years. He came up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If the Cardinals had to try the field goal from here, it would be from 55 yards out. They'd certainly like to have O'Donoghue a little bit closer. I felt like I was ready to kick it. I felt like I was really kicking. Well, I'm joined now by the producer of that uh, podcast, Lachlan Hart. Lachlan, good morning. Good morning, Pat. I had never heard of Corny. Yeah, a lot of people haven't heard of Corny, a.k.a. Neil O'Donoghue was his name. Uh, he's a Clondalkin man and he grew up here um, till he was about 17, 18 and then he moved over to the States on a soccer scholarship. Um, but A I soccer think, scholarship? Let me get this right. Yeah. Now, am I right in also thinking that he played GA as well? He was an all-rounder. He could literally put his hand to any sport. Even when he went to college, he ended up playing uh, collegiate tennis. He never <laughs> played tennis in his life and he ended up playing it over there as well. Um, he was that good at sport. Um, but around about the, this is around the 70s, late 70s, early 80s and just American football just was not available here. You couldn't really get it. Um, you could get sports on radio like the Ashes and things like that mm-hmm. from Australia but the NFL just wasn't yeah. a thing here. Now, I, I went to college in uh, the United States and I, you know, I was a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and I used to go to see the regular football games and it amazed me because it just took so long. <laughs> and, you know, they had a team for offense and a team for defense and you had a dedicated kicker and, and, and so on. It just took forever. And it was more about eating and drinking and Coca-Cola and all the rest of it in the city of Atlanta. Um, but therefore, someone going to America wouldn't have really a clue about the rules of the game, how it was played. No, this guy, Neil, he, he was on a soccer scholarship that ended up falling through um, due to the gas prices hiking up. Um, they, they used to travel everywhere in their cars and the college basically said, look, we can't afford to drive you anywhere. This is because of the oil crisis and the, the huge hike in the price of petrol. Yeah, in 1974, yeah. And so they, they, they canned his scholarship and all his friends said, you know, you, you have a great kick. You should try out for football. And he'd only ever seen a, a few games on TV before. And the first game he was ever at, there was 100,000 people at it. <laughs> And a year later, he was playing in that game, the same game, Auburn University versus uh, Alabama. Let's roll back in time a bit, though, and how he ended up in America in the first place, because it was relatively unusual for guys to go to undergraduate college in America at the time. I know there were a lot of uh, Irish guys like myself who went to graduate college in America, Mm -hmm. but not undergraduate college. Yeah, like he, his brother actually ended up on a J1 in America. And his brother was also a great footballer. Um, and one day he was just in the park and he wanted to play a game of soccer and uh, just saw these guys playing a bit of football. And he says, do you mind if I join in? And uh, he was playing with them. And they're like, you're amazing at soccer. You know, you could get a career here playing soccer. And his brother Coley said, well, if you think I'm good, you want to see the guys on my street? And they said, well, for example, who? And he said, well, my brother, Neil, for one. Um and they swapped numbers and a year later he got a phone call to his house from one of the guys he was playing with who happened to be on uh, connected to a college called St. Bernard College in Alabama and they offered him a soccer scholarship without ever meeting him. 
just on word alone. On the basis that Coley had said, you should see my brother. <laughs> and there's a clip, if you want, we can play now of that moment where, where Coley talks about his brother getting offered a soccer scholarship in the States. And of course, my mother, it was like, it was brilliant because he's going to get an education, he's going to go to college and he's going to be happy because he's going to be playing ball. But Neil comes in, now this is before the guy arrives out, Neil comes in and says, I'm not going. I'm not going to America. I'm, I'm going to England, you know. And then this guy arrives in to offer. And of course, my mother was coffee and the cake. And yeah, it's great. You're going to look after Neil. You'll be good to him now. And of course, he comes in. So I'm not having it, you know. I'm not interested. I'm not interested, he said. <laughs> Obviously, he was persuaded, though. He was definitely persuaded. They, they invited him to go out for a year. Or summer, sorry, and say, look, if you like it, stay. If you don't, you can go back home. We'll pay for your tickets. And of course, the life in America, wonderful. Yeah, he even talks about going into the gym for the first time. He'd never lifted a weight in his life. And he was a thin guy. He was He's the tallest kicker in NFL history, actually. He's six foot six, kind of Peter Crouch kind of build. And he, he said he could barely even lift the bar, never mind any weights on it. And then as the seasons went on, he obviously got into yeah. like off season. But, but he did play soccer at the beginning and then uh, he converted. But he was the, the role of kicker that he was uh, appropriate to. I mean, he was not going to be in offense or defense because you have to be by about six foot two, three, four and weighing close to 20 yeah. stone. Yeah, pretty big build for that. And you could be a quarterback, but you've got to have a certain level of agility and a throwing arm. Exactly, yeah, and you need you need to have grown up with the game to even understand yeah. that position. And uh, he was just a great kicker. Um, it a very very they call it like a golf swing. They said he was just a natural. Uh, and he he was he got all American in his first year playing college football, and then the doors opened up to the pro life. And there's a moment in the podcast where. Um, there's a thing called the draft, if people aren't aware, where they, they pick the best players. And yeah. if you're picked, and it's interesting that the, the the team that has done worst last year gets first pick. Bas- yeah, basically they're trying to even out the teams a bit, yeah. you know. So if you're a very poor team, you'll get the first picks of the best players. And for a kicker to get picked at all is pretty high in the draft. So they're usually pretty. Sorry, I mean they're usually pretty low down in the draft. Yeah. But he got picked in the fifth round, which is really high up, which is kind of unheard of for a kicker. They knew how good he was. Yeah, they knew. And they were starting to realise, OK, kickers actually are big point scorers. So let's get a decent one in. Um, so we started off with the Buffalo Bills. And that was OJ Simpson's final year. So he played with OJ Simpson, My shared goodness. the locker room with him. Um, and he said OJ was great to him. He said OJ was very nice to him. But obviously he didn't realise what was going to happen with OJ's life. And then after that, um, I won't give too much away on, on how his career developed, but he played with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he has a historical kick with that team. And then he moved on to um, a team called the Cardinals, um, which is in, which was at the time in St. Louis, Missouri, which has now moved to Arizona. Mm. Um, now you have another clip you want to play. You set the scene for us. So this clip is fascinating. So um, basically, uh, Neil's coach at the time, Jim Hannafin, uh, brought him over to the Cardinals and said look we want you to try out for the Cardinals as a kicker it's against a guy called Steve Little who was like an all-American kicker whoever gets the whoever gets the most kicks is the kicker for next season so basically they put the ball on the tee in different locations uh, through, throughout the, the field as they yeah. call it and they had a, a head-to-head yeah basically whoever kicks most gets a job um, and this is the outcome of that kick he calls me and he says okay you've got the job and as I'm leaving, Steve Little is leaving the same time. And he says, hey, let me show you around tonight and have a few beers. 
I said, okay, Irishman. I said, I've never turned down a beer before. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it. I said, listen, uh, we're playing up in Washington. I said, ah, I better hold off, you know, so I'll catch up with you. So I said, all right, good luck. I got up that morning at 6 o'clock, I turned TV on. There's his car wrapped around a telegraph post. Extraordinary. So, yeah, he dealt with a lot of tragedy in his career. Um, and the season before that, another teammate on that team had actually passed away on the field as well. So that team was... was but from heart failure or...? Yeah, yeah, heart failure while they were doing a training match. Yeah, yeah. So that team was had a really rough time. Um, but luckily, mm. um, the coach, Jim Hannafin, who was nicknamed the Irishman, actually, really took Neil under his wing. Um, and really, really believed in them, really understood kickers, understood their mentality. and uh, um, Because, I mean, you are doing nothing for an awful lot of the game. You're sitting there on the bench, and if a field goal is, is required, they call you in. Yeah. You, you, you trot you, in. You may see 20 seconds of a game for the, uh, out of a three-hour match. And, and, in, and, and you've got to be ready. Yeah, and you could be sitting ice cold, he, he, he found Alabama hard because it was really cold so you're sitting trying to stay warm and then you might have there's a moment towards the end of the podcast and you heard that the first clip where he's waiting the whole game and basically it comes down to the last 13 seconds basically they have to get the whole team off and get the special team on and he has to kick the winning field goal basically to get them through to a, a Super Bowl yeah, playoff and 100,000 people watch <laughs> if you get it wrong <laughs> that's pressure you're in deep trouble yeah and he talks about the pressures of it all you know it was dangerous it was dangerous for his uh, mental health so how do you get the name Corny so his his name is Cornelius um, and in in America they all called him Neil but in Dublin in Clondalkin he was nicknamed Corny Corny O'Donoghue yeah. that's how they all referred to him yeah um, you're an NFL fan I, I worked on the NFL and I was kind of a casual fan. And when I worked on it, I asked, you know, is there any Irish NFL uh, players? And people threw out the name like Tom Brady and things like this. But the deeper I dug, I found, I found Neil O'Donoghue. And the title is the last Irish man to play in the NFL, which is kind of ambiguous. But he's the last guy who played until this year. Yeah. So there's and a who's, new who's playing this year? There's a new guy called Dan Whelan, also from Ireland. He moved over when he was about 12. And he's a kicker as well, but he's a punter, so he doesn't do the place kicking like Neil would have. Um, but it's the first time in 38 years that someone born in Ireland has played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect timing to release this. Now, the, the life that they have, you'd imagine a bit like a goalkeeper in soccer, that they can last longer than someone who might be a quarterback, although Tom Brady might uh, counter that kind of yeah. argument. But by and large, they, they presumably have a long career. Yeah, like... They they can have a very long career and especially with the Cardinals, um, the kicker just before Steve Little was with them for nearly 19 years. <laughs> he was really, he was long in his career. So the pressure was on Steve, Steve Little, which, which Neil understood going into the game and he wasn't going into the Cardinals and he wasn't sure, is it worth my mental health to continue here? Because the pressure is so high. You know, it's, as we talked there, you have literally maybe 20 or 30 seconds a game to like change yeah. the path of a whole community, never mind a team. Yeah. I mean, if you compare it to what happens in, in rugby, where you might have uh, a kick to win a match, a couple of points, uh, you know, if you convert to try or whether you try a drop goal, the famous Ronan Agara drop goal, there are many uh, occasions when a kicker is required to maybe step up to the plate, mm-hmm. but not when they're cold. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the difference. You know, the, the, the out half or the full back, whoever's doing the kicking in rugby, 
will be part of the game and will be fairly warmed up. Yeah, there's a guy... Even Stephen Cluxton's famous uh, kick for Dublin. You, yeah. you know, he's in uh, goal and he's warm. Yeah, and they're involved in the game throughout. You know, Tag Leader is in this podcast. He runs Leader Kicking and he's he played... Uh, I'm pretty sure he played rugby for Connacht. But his kicking was his thing. Um, but he says, you know, you might have 70 opportunities in a, a rugby match to, you know, uh, redeem yourself or turn yeah. the game around. Whereas in football, you literally... Like, the as you're running to the ball, it's not there. So the ball is being snapped back. Someone has to hold it. They have to twist it so the laces are a certain way. has to be at a certain angle. You have guys who are six foot plus, 200 pound, are... Bearing down on you. Jumping, and they could be jumping 12 foot at that stage, you know, <laughs> with their hands in the air. Um, so, the, like, you literally have a couple, a fraction of a second to think and get it right with the wind and the cold. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating yeah. position, I think. And how is Corny today? Corny's great. He's actually coming... He's flying in today to Dublin. Um, we have a launch night in Clondalkin um, in his old GA club, the Round Towers GA in Clondalkin. Um, he's coming home. He's delighted to be home for a couple of weeks. Him and his brother, who features heavily in this podcast, are just going a little tour of Ireland together pre-Christmas. And I'll get to meet him for the first time today. I still haven't met him. All right. Yeah. Corny and Coley. Corny and Coley, yeah. You meet the pair of them. <laughs> anyway, it's called Corny. It's available on the GoLoud platform uh, and elsewhere. Every other major platform, yeah. And all four, four episodes have dropped as of today. So you Very can binge good. it. Cold Corny, a uh, hugely entertaining podcast and its producer, uh, Lachlan Hart. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.